topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about all the crazy shifts going on in the world of HR, recruitment, and business. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm joined again with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our sponsors, Jobbyte and Success Performance Solutions. Our guest today is Kira Nurielli from Harmony Strategies. I met uh, Kira at uh, the Sherm New York, uh, the New York City conference just a few months ago and we talked and I immediately invited her on. She's got a great topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about conflict management in the workplace. Uh, Keith, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, thanks. I'm pumped up about the show today. I'm, a, you know, coming to having a background in sales, I learned uh, very, very long ago, it makes sense to listen before you talk. So I'm, I'm excited about Hearing what Kira has to say. Lots going on, though. We're, you're not. We're not together today, are we? No, no. I'm uh, actually working from. Uh, I'm working hard in a hotel room in Ocean City, Maryland. So nice. I'm down for a, a very important task. Yes. We've got our. My, I got my annual football fantasy draft. Yes. So, <laughs> so it has to happen uh, this that, way. That, that's priority. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we came down. Had had a big reunion over the weekend, and that was a lot of fun. Saw a lot of classmates and. Uh, and uh, a lot of people retiring, you know, from the class, enjoying that, uh, unlike me, no. who uh, seems to have a kind of a new, you know, kind of so many things in the fire, as you as you know. So yeah. excited about that, working. Actually, I've got about four to five, uh, I, I would say maybe five hours of the uh, recruitment marketing uh, online course ready to go. So recruitment marketing for the accidental recruiter. So hopefully in the next two weeks, we'll be up online and, and ready to go with that. Um, got uh, PA Sherm coming up in two weeks uh, and the day before that, actually two weeks today. Uh, yep. We've got uh, Workforce 2030, so I've been doing some prep work with that. And, and next week's guests uh, will be uh, some of the uh, other keynote speakers, in, yep. including Valerie Grubb. So it's, yep. it's going to be a really, yeah. really busy month. In two weeks from yesterday, I'm doing my keynote for the Greater Valley Forge SHRM event. Uh, Life Work Integration yeah, right. is getting out there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I saw you. I saw your post, and and that'll be exciting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I've been sort of out of. Well, I can't say out of pocket. I've, I've seen a lot of things for the last few days. Uh, you know, come across the desk. Um, I saw a couple our guests from a couple of weeks ago, Ben Eubanks. Yep. Um, post actually from last week. <laughs> Time flies. Uh, posted had a really great post. They haven't been able to share it yet, but he was talking about. You know, we we talked about the. Uh, uh, the 10 reasons that hiring, you know, that basically hiring uh, HR um, sucks at hiring. Um, right. So we, we had a lot of conversation about that, how AI is going to improvement. He had a really, really good article uh, today up on LinkedIn and, you know, talked about 10 reasons uh, of why it happens. Uh, so I'll, I'll, we'll be sure to sh share that as well. And we've got a heck of a lineup coming up for the rest of the, uh, for the next couple months, actually. Oh, yeah. December. And Speaking of that, I you know, a, it's funny how, you know, I, I always call it the, the pregnant wife effect. 
Yeah, I never saw any pregnant women. And then when my wife was pregnant, I, it seemed like I couldn't turn my head without seeing a pregnant woman. And now that we had Ben Eubanks on the show, all that I see is AI content. And you'll get a kick out of this. I was engaged by a company who was uh, sought out to interview me. And it looks like they're going to quote me and put me in some uh, Forbes and uh, some HR magazines. And, and it's getting out there. But it was all about AI and recruitment. And, uh, you know, it took me a couple minutes to find the CEO of the company. The company's called Zor, X-O-R. And, okay, uh, yeah, I've seen that name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Ada, Ada, I, and I don't know if I'm gonna have to practice before the with the podcast she comes on, but I think it's Fazilova. Uh, she's Russian. She's the CEO, and her and I, you know, as soon as we connected, she's like, "Let's talk. Let's 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 talk more about this stuff." So, there's a lot of stuff going on with AI, and and I and and I know I've said this before uh, on the show, but the part that really just gets me going with this program is how we could dive deep into technology, we could talk about analytics, we could talk about the impact and the disruption of technology. And we also flip the coin over, we talk about, you know, how people are interacting and what the what the impact of all this technology has on people. And, you know, having having guests like Kira on the show, I think, is just awesome, because we get to really paint that full picture of not just what what the future work is going to look like from a, let's call it a technological or a you know, machine learning type of, of perspective, but really with what it's like to be a human inside of all this disruption. Yeah, I was doing some reading this morning, uh, a tough place, you know, by, by the beach, it's pretty, pretty rough waters, but, and, you know, part of the conversation, well, that was the conversation. Uh, it was, it was about what it's going to take to be human and what are some of the new skills and, and the skills that we need aren't technical skills. The skills that we, I mean, well, obviously people need technical skills. Uh, that's almost a given. It's like people need to learn how to, you know, basically we used to know how to have to have high handwriting skills and then typing right. skills. And, and now right. we need other skills, but it's, it's that empathy and compassion and interpersonal communication. And I know we're going to be talking about that with, uh, Kira today. Um, and uh, emotional intelligence, uh, and mm -hmm. and that's something that people, you know, you, you basically don't need to go to school. I mean, you still need education. So I'm I'm not saying you don't need to go to school to get it, um, but you you know people people need to develop that. And you know where they were soft skills, they're they're really now they're still soft skills, but they're critical skills. And 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 people are really challenged by that. Somewhere in the last few days, I read something, and, and it sort of hit me because you have everyone has this fear of AI, especially when it comes to AI and machines and robots, that that it's going to take our jobs. And the reality is, it's going to take a lot of jobs, but it's going to take it's going to take jobs that used to be jobs. It's going to it's going to replace things that used to be jobs. And but there's still going to be a lot of new jobs. It's just going to require a different skill set and a different mindset. And we've talked about that so many times. Uh, and I know that's what uh, Kira is going to be talking a lot about today. Uh, she has a process, uh, interesting enough, they call it circle te technology. And um, but it, it's not high tech technology like we're talking about. Uh, it's, it's how do we employ that in the workplace? Nice. Nice. Maybe yeah, now so time good. to bring her Which on. Which I think is a is a really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so today, as I said, our guest is uh, Kira Nurielli uh, from Harmony Strategies uh, Group. 
Um, she's based out in New York, and uh, I think at the New York Sherm, this was her kind of a, her, not necessarily launch, she's been doing this for a little bit, but I think on a more national platform, or at least at a regional platform, um, she introduced it that day. I know her room was packed. She, she actually followed my room, um, and uh, soon as soon as the doors let out for me, they there was an exodus and, in, and an influx of a lot wow. of new people. Uh, right, right behind her, and uh, right after that, I had a chance to catch up with her, and we chatted a bit. And so, we're really excited to have Kira on the phone. So, Kira, how you doing? Yeah, hi, I'm doing well. Thank you for inviting me to join your podcast. This is really exciting, and uh, yeah, and Ira, clearly, I I must have made an impression just by the crowd at at the New York City Sherm. <laughs> I guess. People were fascinated by what are circles? How does this work? And it was it was really fun to talk about. It was a, it was a great day. Um, I think we all really enjoyed talking about this this human component in HR. A lot of the keynotes that day were really talking about all of what you guys were mentioning in your introduction: the importance of these soft skills and emotional IQ. Um, I loved the 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 talk about how much power HR has that that they don't realize. And a lot of that power is not necessarily in the technology, but again, in those, in those people skills in, in really being that the, the cultural power of a company is through HR. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and you know, in an article, I think you wrote right after that, you talked about how you impressed you were, were with uh, Johnny Taylor, uh, who's the Sherm CEO. And, you know, he talked about how much power HR has, uh, but they don't utilize it. But you, you also talked about uh, there were three areas, and and, uh, and each of these resonates. So I'd like to hear more about your perspective on them. You know, you talked as we, Keith and I were chatting before. You know, what were some of the skills that are needed uh, for for people? People have a lot of opportunity uh, to grow and to become, uh, you know, to to keep jobs and to to uh, to uh, you know con continue to uh, you know advance their careers and and have vital roles. Uh, but it 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 seems to go to really kind of, I guess that soft stuff, you know, one is listening skills, uh, which we tend to have lost. Um, you, you talked about shifting, uh, any, and anytime I see shift, I, that obviously catches my eye. <laughs> uh, and, and you talk about it in a slightly different way about, but more about being adaptable. And then you talked about creative inquiry, which we talk, you know, I always talk about with curiosity. Uh, in fact, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have a friend of mine, uh, Diane Hamilton, uh, and she, we're going to be talking about the curiosity code. Uh, and I and I think Keith, I think you talked to her or yeah. well, or, or yeah, yep. you you had done that. Yep. So so those were kind of the three um, skills that you talk about uh, that that can help. Uh, you know, not only in conflict management, but just in I guess human preservation. So I, let's so let's talk about that. Um, you know how how does the how does the circles? How how do the uh, how do your circles kind of fit into the listening skills, shifting, and and curiosity? Well, circle practices have been in the utilized in the justice system increasingly over the past number of years because wherever there's pain, there's a lot of need for healing, and a lot of healing happens from an emotional level through listening and connecting. When, when we connect and really listen to each other, that's where healing happens. And therapists have known this for a long time. That's their whole practice. 
is healing through listening and engaging. Um, and in my coaching practice, when I do conflict coaching, a lot of a lot of what I do is also along those lines of how to help people advance and become their best selves through um, managing their conflicts. In other words, the way that you handle your conflict will really inform how you're going to grow. Um, I put up a, a, a cute little mediator musing uh, on LinkedIn recently about how conflict can be like fertilizer, you know, in the, in the garden, meaning it kind of stinks it when you're in it and, and it's fresh and it really, it's not fun. But then later on, it really fosters growth. And what circles do is they help create a platform for people to be able to air what's, what's on their chest and to really be able to share. But it's a method where people can really hear each other and engage with each other. So in mediation, um, my, my base core practice has been in mediation. And I use that, my, my mediation skills as a facilitator of these circle dialogues. And in mediation, you'll have two, maybe three or four people at the table. Um, but it's basically two sides of a conflict, where in circles, you can bring in multiple voices. So this is where it's really helpful for teams, uh, for group settings, or if there's like a particular challenge or problem at work to sort of bring all the different stakeholders together and have a really impactful conversation around what the challenge is and then how to handle it, how to manage it so that the whole group, so everyone can be on board to support in whatever direction uh, they need to be headed as a team or as a group or even as a company. Um, and it, it's a great methodology because what it, it sets out certain ground rules, a certain system for how the conversation is going to flow. And that system really fosters that connectivity and those listening skills that you're talking about. And it's interesting, Ira, you mentioned earlier about like not necessarily having education and listening skills. And it's true. There's a real dearth of trainings around listening skills. That's one of the most popular trainings that we offer with Harmony Strategies Group is we, we have listening skills and perspective taking workshops where we really work with people on those specific soft skills that are really hard to find elsewhere. And um, I compare that to sort of like a, a sport, like swimming. You know, if, if someone throws you into a pool, you might be able to figure out how to swim, but you're going to swim a lot better if you take a course on it or if you have a coach, right? You'll learn how to get more effectively, more efficiently from A to B. It's the same thing with soft skills. It's the same thing, especially with listening skills. We, we sort of intuitively feel like, oh, I've been doing this for so long. Of course, I know how to listen but you're probably not doing it so efficiently or effectively where if you take one of our courses, for example, or if you're coached, you know, on an executive level or specifically through a conflict or, or change management level with a coach who's going to help with those specific listening practices, you'll see that you're going to end up with much stronger teams, much more resilient um, projects where it's going to be a lot more successful. You're going to be a lot more effective at connecting your group and really leading. Hey, Ira, let me, let me jump in here quick. Kira, you, you've got me somewhat fascinated here because I spent my career selling software in primarily in HR and finance. And one of the 
most common challenges every salesperson has is that no, no, it seems as though there are no organizations where one person buys anything anymore. It's a group purchase. And the challenge that salespeople have is that once they get off the phone or once they leave the conference room, they have absolutely no idea about what the the challenges might be of that within the group. So maybe there are six or seven people that from that are different stakeholders looking at any one specific project. We as salespeople never, it's very challenging unless you have a cha- champion to know who's interested in what type of component is, is there a, you know, is there somebody in the room that's trying to sync the project because they have their own motivations and they want to, they want a different project to get approved. Um, I'm, I'm bringing this up because I'm curious with your experience, is there an, uh, a department inside of the organizations you work with that seem to be better at conflict resolution? Is there a movement taking place within businesses where you see maybe, uh, HR is trying to help other organizations, other departments within the company be better at conflict resolution, or is it coming from somewhere else? So that's a great question, and I think this is a key challenge that a lot of organizations have because I think naturally people who are facing conflict or not getting along with their teams turn to HR for help, but many people in HR are really not equipped and not trained in how to mediate and how to handle the conflict. So unfortunately, all too often, they're given a message of, oh, we can switch your team, we can move you to a different group. So they're not really facing the conflict and helping with the conflict. They're helping the person avoid the conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's not really creating resilience within the company. And oftentimes people will leave then. They, they find that there's, there's no place for them because they just can't get along with their team. And there's no person to turn to, either in HR or otherwise, who's really equipped at, at handling it. And it's a shame. And, and that's why I, I get such joy at helping people in HR with conflict management strategies because that's where the change is going to happen. That's where they can really help those who are struggling uh, throughout their their company, throughout their corporations, with, with with how to get along, how to get these teams to really work together and listen and hear each other. So uh, when I was introducing these circle practices, the whole idea behind them is to be able to train HR managers, HR leaderships in how circle practices work, so that they can then use these practices to help handle these conflicts without having to move people around in their roles and in their companies, without having to lose people and then rehire and and waste a lot of time and productivity along the road. Instead, to maintain the folks you have in your team and simply handle the conflict better. Get people to hear each other, really air what's going on, and in a productive way, though in a way that does not focus on blame or shame, but rather on addressing what was the harm, what has been happening, and what needs to be set in motion so that we can, I I, want to use the term heal from a therapeutic perspective, but really like to, to handle the situation and then move forward stronger and better, you know, towards the future. Does that make sense? Absolutely. 
So I want to remind everybody, uh, you are listening to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization show. Uh, if you have a question for Keith, myself, or Kira Nuriella, we're talking about uh, conflict management, uh, conflict resolution. Um, and we're going to get into a kind of a, I got a, an important question coming up about that. Uh, but you can call us at 561-623-9429. That's 561-623-9429. Or you can go up to the uh, W4CY.com uh, website and uh, send us a question by chat and uh, we'll try to get to that. And so Kira, I have a question. Uh, conflict management tends to sound... Um, kind of reactive, um, you know, when, when people end up with a problem. Uh, how can companies use this more proactively? How can they use the circles? How can they train both uh, managers and HR uh, to use this before it gets to mediation? Um, or, you know, it, I assume that's possible. So I might have been yeah, um, making an assumption. So, you know, because we, that's pretty important because obviously there's tons of conflict in the workplace. I mean, whether it's about which side of the politics you're on, whether it's about what you think about social media. We, you know, Keith and I were talking earlier about technology, taking our jobs. I mean, there's a million conflicts going on. How can mm -hmm. you use the circle strategy and mediation um, to be more proactive? Sure, sure. I, I love that you brought that up. And and typically, it becomes reactive because that's where you're seeing uh, lawsuits, lit litigation. You know, people suing over being fired um, or or a toxic or workplace worse. environment. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I had a company who called me for information on a training. She asked if we could handle uh, racism in the workplace. And when I dug deeper, it sounded like they've lost two employees over overt racism. And then at the end of the day, they did not bring me in. They did not bring in anyone in my team. And I, I post about this on LinkedIn to sort of ask, what is it going to take? They've already lost two people. They have, they, I'm not, I wasn't clear if they had any litigation in the pipeline, but mark my words, as soon as they saw a lawsuit, they'd be regretting that they did not address it earlier on. Or, or and, worse, and you know, so, what happened out in Odessa, you know, last week, you know, oh, somebody yeah. gets fired. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, so, you, I mean, this is, this is not just somebody's upset or not that lawsuits are insignificant, but. No, this can lead to violence. Yeah, a, a loss, absolutely. A lawsuit can be the least problem, the least of sure. the problems that a company has. Sure, sure. So um, circles are great practices as a proactive measure, to your point, Ira. You can use them to better understand um, what are people's concerns about a specific project. You can use them to understand how people, just to get a temperature of the group about airing any, any challenges that they see uh, uh, facing upcoming, uh, again, projects or, or uh, clients that they're, that they're going to have to be working, you know, interfacing with on a regular basis. Circle practices are where you're bringing the team together and just sharing what's there. And you can set these circles in motion with even like lighter conversations so that the team can just really get to know each other. Um, the, the idea behind circle practices is they, they came from indigenous um, methods for bringing um, tribes or ethnicities together in a common conversation whenever there was a threat or a harm. 
So this is based on thousands and thousands of years of human evolution where we would turn to each other as a community because at our core, we are herd animals. We want to feel that sense of connection. But we've become, especially with technology, we've become so siloed and so distant and frankly so lonely that it's really hard for us to, to establish that connectivity, that connection. I've actually read a lot of articles about how difficult it is to establish adult friendships, you know, for adults to forge new friendships because we, we, we sort of don't know what to do anymore. We don't know where our communities are. And so circle practices really tap right back into that. It gives us a sense of community. So even if you're not talking about a threat or a harm or a challenge, if you just want to pull people together and you're not really sure what you can do on a regular basis besides, let's say, go ice skating and do that, you know, those team building fun right, icebreaker right. kind of exercises, right? If you just want some sort of practice that you can do on a regular basis that's going to keep that momentum, keep that sense of community um, conversation alive, that's what circle practices do. And so it, it can be an incredible proactive resource um, for, for making sure that, that people are communicating effectively, listening to each other, and frankly, caring. I mean, this is where you're going to tap into people feeling like work is meaningful for them and that, that they can really grow through their experience, through their connection with their team. Amazing. So, and there's so many things going through my mind um, again after a <laughs> weekend too. of <laughs> after a weekend of, of uh, you know being back with classmates who some of them we defriended each other just because it, it you know some of the political divisions uh, and some of the conversation and yet we walked in that room and we were one. I mean, we had uh, we had 92 classmates show up for this reunion. There's about 150 people total, so it was pretty large. I mean, we had a small class. I mean, we had a small school up in the coal regions. And, you know, once we were back together that, that you know, we grew up in the same community, you know, and as we said, we used to go, you know, to call somebody. We, we didn't text them. We didn't pick up the phone. We'd walk down the street and go, hey, yo, Keith, you know, right. at the top of our lungs and, uh, you know, and see who would come out. So, uh, so much of that has, has changed. Uh, it's disappeared. You know, people move into to the suburbia with technologies and uh, what technology, social media and so many other things. So we got a lot to talk about coming up for the second half of the show. Uh, you are listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We've got our guest, uh, Kira Nuriello. Nuri Ellie, uh, if I can get that right, I got the first one right, right Kira, um, uh, from Harmony Strategies Group. Uh, we're talking about uh, the circles technology and specifically about how we can use that for mediation, conflict management. Uh, but we're going to we're going to be talking a lot more about how we can use that proactively in, in business today. Uh, we're talking we as we always do. We talk about emerging trends, what impact they're going to have on our economy, our jobs, our future. We're going to take a short break here from our sponsors, Jobvite and Success Performance Solutions. So stay right where you are. We will be right back in two minutes. Behind everything you're searching for is something you're actually looking for. When you search with the real yellow pages, you get more than a contractor. You get a whole new curb appeal. It's not just getting directions to a dry cleaner with YP.com. It's rescuing an old favorite from the back of the closet. And it's more than finding a locksmith with YP.com on your mobile. It's getting to sleep in your own bed. 
Whatever it might be, there are more ways to search and more ways to find exactly what you're looking for with the real yellow pages, yp.com, and yp.com on your mobile, only from AT&T. What's up, everyone? This is Keith from the Geek, Skeezers, and Googleization show, powered by Jobvite. Jobvite knows career paths are made by people, not by open job requisitions. Jobvite's platform ties recruitment marketing directly to applicant tracking and onboarding, creating continuous candidate engagement that effectively connects recruiters with qualified passive candidates. Used by over 50,000 recruiters placing over 1 million jobs, Jobvite's platform impacts every company in every industry. Check us out at jobvite.com. Listen carefully. Up to 9 out of 10 job candidates visiting your company career page leave before completing an application. You heard that right. 90% of candidates who want to apply for a job at your company don't. That's just plain crazy, especially in today's tight labor market. Candidate experience matters. Stop turning candidates away. Let Success Performance Solutions help. Call us at 800-803-4303 or register at successperformancesolutions.com slash W4CY. Schedule a no-obligation consultation and get special access to insider tips to recruit faster and hire smarter. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ivor Wolf. I'm here with my co-host, Keith Compagna, and our guest today is Kira Nurielli from the Harmony Strategies Group. We've been talking about conflict ma- management. Um, we had a comment, uh, or somebody sent in a chat right before we were, uh, or when we were off the air, right before we went off the, the uh, air for the commercials, uh, and uh, said, you know, how horrible it is to work with the, in a workplace where nobody cares about one another. Uh, so again, what a timely topic, and that's a, a huge issue. Uh, Keith, you also had a, a question about. Uh, uh, I guess about the generations. Yep. Yep. And and it kind of ties in the comment that we just got from the listener and some of the stuff I've been reading about from my own presentations. And, and I forget where I saw it from, but it was basically said that 90% of employees feel that their coworkers are unhappy. And listening to Kira talk uh, before the break, it was what the thought occurred to ask, what what are you seeing in terms of the way that the millennials and the the millennials kind of span a lot of the workforce now. Well, they don't kind of, they do. And there's the younger version and we have Gen Z popping into the workplace now. My experience with these younger generations is that they truly want to be heard and they're very eager to share what they think and they're looking for some sort of a communication loop that allows them to A, know they're doing a good job and B, express what they think and how they feel they can improve the company. I'm curious, have you had experience with, not just with maybe you mentioned, you know, there might be racial tensions, but maybe even in terms of the gaps in ages in way that people communicate and, and how is that resolved? Sure, sure. I'm happy to talk about that. But I will caveat with saying I, we also lead a lot of programs because our expertise is globally in conflict and communication strategies. We do lead workshops also on bias and diversity. And I will say that um, these circle practices can also be a really great platform for real inclusion. Um, a lot of 
a lot of businesses struggle with they, they sort of get that they need to hire uh, based on diversity, you know, meaning they want to have more diverse teams. But then there's sort of this now what? Okay, now we have this diverse team. Now we have multi-generational teams. Now we have people of different genders, different backgrounds, et cetera. But there's sort of this now what? How, how do we get everybody to be on the same page? And that's where circles can also be a great, great application to, to bring all these voices together. Um, so I, I just wanted to say to address your question about millennials, Generation Z, I tend to shy away from um, categorizing people because I, I'm very much into everyone has a unique voice and uh, unique talents and interests and backgrounds. So I tend to kind of shy away from lumping people based on when they were born, what generation they're in, et cetera, because I could take your entire question about wanting to feel meaningful at work and erase the term millennial and put in any other term and it'll all be true. Meaning we all want to feel meaningful at work. We all want to feel that our voices matter. We all want to feel that what we, uh, that, that if we have an idea or uh, an innovation, that that is welcome and that we can be, um, you know, again, an equal voice to everyone else in the company. Um, that, that's something that we all struggle with and that is very true and very real and very raw. Um, in fact, one of my more recent uh, thoughts is that because we spend so much time at work in compared to, uh, let's say, you know, centuries before, in, again, through human evolution, we, we've never spent so many hours in a work setting per se. We would spend time, let's say, hunting or, or baking or what, whatever it was, but we didn't necessarily spend so much time away from our homes, away from our communities in sort of this office space or, you know, workshop space. So, so it, it, it kind of doesn't work for us. We, we feel like we're distant from our true authentic selves. So there's, there's become this need for self-actualization at work. There's this sort of new conceptualization of like, hey, how do I become my true self at work? And what if I don't feel like my true self is expressing at work? What, you know, we all of a sudden have these questions of how to be authentically you at work work. And I, again, I think that there are a lot of practices and ways that we can do that, but most of it revolves around making sure people are connecting. Connecting, of course, in a respectful fashion and one that honors um, differences and, digni you know, and dignity, but the idea is we need that connectivity. We are begging for it. And uh, again, I would venture to say it doesn't really matter what generation you're in. We all want that. We all want to, to find um, where we matter, and, and, and that's a key driver for us to really have overall workplace satisfaction. And, and it's a shame. I had not heard that statistic. It's really a shame if people really observe that their coworkers are unhappy. But again, I'm hearing that, and my, I'm jumping to this conclusion of they don't know what to do about it. I They'll agree. say, hey, my coworkers, yeah, they're saying my coworkers are unhappy, and I don't know what to do about that. And what's exciting about circles is that these are a great opportunity. And, and I should say that, you know, once you do circles, um, it's not intuitive for everybody. And it's not, it is a specific methodology. So you do have to be trained in it. But once you do it, it's not necessarily that it's intuitive or it's, it's 
comfortable for everyone, but it does foster this sense of community and meaningfulness that can really, really help. Um, especially, I want to say, for voices that feel underrepresented, uh, excuse me, underrepresented. So perhaps that's where we might be seeing, you know, some younger employees who feel like their voices are not heard as much. They're being squelched by those who are in power simply because of seniority, uh, years in the practice or whatnot. So that, that, that very well may be true. But there are so many different ways that voices can be squelched. And there's definitely this need for um, fostering, uh, you know, connectivity and open communication and dialogue and again and really tapping into hey who are you and what do you bring to this project and and what what motivates you at work and what are your favorite things to do and and or what bothers you you know hey what do you hate about your job and and how can the rest of your team help you with that usually people sort of shy away from those conversations um and i guess to that end that's where i become sort of uh, unpopular, I want to say, in HR, is that people want to talk about all the positive. We want to talk about recruiting. We want to be the best team ever. We want to talk about team engagement, and we want to talk about, you know, how everyone can can come together and, again, go to a football game together and have a great time. But when it comes to, wait, but there's a problem, there's an issue, then there's, like, silence. We don't know how to handle it. We don't know what to do. Yeah, the problem so, doesn't really go away. We're just going to mask correct. it with uh, with the football game or the picnic or the exactly. rewards for a couple of hours. Yeah. So, exactly. so as, as I'm listening to this, and I, I want to make sure that we we leave everybody with a couple heart, you know, good takeaways. You know, what's next? Um, but you know, well, Keith certainly knows this, and so do you, Kira. Um, I, I mean, I spend a lot of time now trying to figure out how to keep the, the H in HR, the human in HR, and, and you know, one of the biggest threats with uh, artificial intelligence, which is sort of, a, I, I'd say a lot of people are going to probably try to figure out what does, what does everything we're talking about today have to do with how is that going to be our savior from, um, you know, taking our jobs and in, in artificial intelligence. And the reality is, is when you read about artificial intelligence, it's, it talks about me, making our lives more meaningful, making our jobs jobs more meaningful. Stop stop doing the things that are repetitive and administrative and chores and medial and and allowing technology to take over those tasks and allow us to do what only humans can do. Uh, so what you're doing with the Circles technology uh, seems to be like the magic bullet. But although when I hear about when I was reading over the weekend and they were talking about artificial intelligence helping us have more meaningful lives. I had a question of, um, do people really understand even how to, how, what is a meaningful life anymore? Because all, you know, baby boomer generation came up with, um, you know, work, life was their work, uh, which is, which, you know, if you, not to stereotype everybody, but that tended to change with the younger generation. So if, if a company truly wanted to become more proactive, they really wanted to understand, you know, they, they recognize that there's going to be a lot more automation, a lot more technologies in the workplace, people are going to be stressed out. What are some of the steps that, that a company and more specifically HR can grab onto to help, um, minimize, I'm not going to say eliminate conflict because there's healthy conflict too, but how can they, what can they do to kind of take the first steps toward helping people have a more, you know, be more engaged at work, having a more meaningful uh, career? Um, that's a great question. And I think there are a few key steps 
and I want to say there are like pitfalls that people tend to fall into. One you mentioned before and that I've, of course, alluded to as well, which is to just try and ignore the conflict. That's very popular. <laughs> and it's also, uh, it, it, it can be very effective. So people turn to it. But the problem is, and I, I've led this in uh, my webinars on conflict management, the problem with running away from the problem is that people often do it as a reactive me measure. In other words, people aren't actively choosing that as opposed to other things. They're simply doing that as a knee-jerk reaction, and that is the sum total of the tools in their toolbox to handle conflict. They don't know anything else. They don't feel empowered to do anything else. They're scared, and so they use that as a reactive tool. Um, but to your point, Ira, there are other tools. There are other things you can you can do, and there are other ways to handle conflict. I have found that so, so often, conflict can resolve itself. And I even have a post about that. I have a blog post about how to unsolve conflicts through simply asking a lot of questions and allowing the team to figure it out. And the key component with that, and this is another tool that I, that I put out there, is to slow down. We're so full of we need to be productive and be productive and be efficient. And that's great. I'm not saying don't be productive. But if you've got a conflict festering underneath it, you're going to end up with a product that is second. Uh, it's, it's not the highest level, the best uh, possible um, output. It, it's going to be a second tier kind of a product. And, and that's a shame. So you have to find that balance between the productivity and the output itself. In, in other words, the quality of what you're doing. So I would say if you sense that there's a conflict or that if you want to proactively avoid conflict, you need to take measures that will slow down certain processes so that people can really hear each other and, again, like open up the conversation to any new ideas or any potential obstacles along the way that you may not have seen as a team leader. If you don't slow down and listen to everybody, you're, you're just not going to hear when someone says, hey, there's a red flag I'm seeing further along. In fact, um, I actually went to uh, a securities training with a, a representative, um, what was it called, Grumman, Northrop, Northrop Grumman or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not good with names. Yeah, I apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Am I right? They do securities trading, and they said that there was a, a there, this is actually coming out of our taxpayer dollars, Northrop Grumman. They they had a um a, a I'm sorry a contract with a government agency or something like that, and their programmers made a small change to a code, and they kind of figured you know what nobody's going to care about this. It's not going to be a problem later. And fast forward a few years, and they had some planes that couldn't fly effectively because, and they couldn't figure out why they had to spend millions of dollars going all around the world to reprogram these planes because nobody took the time to make sure that, Hey, let's slow down the conversation. Let's see if there's any potential problems further out. You know, so these, these conversations, these proactive conversations can literally save millions of dollars further out. So we have to, we have to find that, balance between productivity and product okay. well it goes back to two of those principles that you 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 said and, and we mentioned earlier listen 
and ask questions mm-hmm. or ask questions and then right. listen for the answer. Um, not, not necessarily listen for the answer you want to hear, but uh, be able to challenge that. You know, I, I, I learn a lot. I mean, I obviously tend to, I, I've tended to grow my career by just learning. I hear a question. I go, that's a great question. Never considered that. And then kind of follow that. Is, is there a question, you know, do you have a favorite question you kind of use to, to kind of launch these conversations, these mediations? Um, uh, you know, is, is there a favorite question that you have? I don't necessarily have one favorite question um, on the whole, but I do encourage, I do have a lot of questions that I ask, especially when I'm doing one-on-one coaching. I start a lot of my questions with what if. I, I challenge people's assumptions by asking questions around what if those assumptions could be wrong? What if, what if you think this person is angry at you? What if that's not true? What if it mm-hmm. could be something else? You know, I, I find that people really can grow by questioning assumptions and a key way to start those conversations to question your assumptions begin with what if. Yeah, what if, what if it wasn't true or what if it is true? Yeah. Correct. You know, either Correct. way, you know, it's, it's amazing when you said that because I, I remember um, uh, when I left my, you know, I sold my practice, you know, I, I had my dental practice and haven't done it for 24 years. But when I sold it, um, there was a lot of uh, my colleagues, you know, said, oh, we'd love to do with what you wanted to do. And I, and I got out because, as every, you know, most people have heard me say, uh, I loved everything about dentistry, but dentistry. <laughs> I loved running the business. I loved working with the people. I loved everything that most professionals hate. Is the business aspect, and um, a lot of these, a lot of these, uh, my colleagues came up and said, "Oh, we'd love to do what, what you want to do." I was only forty-four at the time, and and I said, "Fine. What if I could help you get out in five years? What would you do?" Mm-hmm. And the problem was, is they had no idea, and that's the problem. Right. I knew what I was going to. I didn't know specifically this would be my business, but I I knew I you know, in general, it'd be some type of consulting or, you know, teaching or mentoring or, or running a company, whatever it might be. But I, I had different pathways I could take. And the problem is, is they knew no other world than what they did. Um, so I, I love that question. Hey, uh, as usual, we're, we kind of covered a, a, a lot of territory, but not enough. Uh, but we're coming up uh, toward the end of the show. Um, Karen, what are some final kind of words that you have, um, you know, that you can offer? And also, uh, how can our audience and listeners get in uh, touch with you? Sure. Well, um, in terms of, you know, takeaways, again, I, I feel like if folks want to really question, do some self-reflection, think about how you're listening to people. When you say, oh, yeah, so-and-so came to me with a problem, take a few minutes, carve out a few minutes and just think about how did you respond? What was your reaction? How did you listen? Um, because taking time to self-reflect is super, super important. And it goes along the lines of what I was talking about earlier about slowing down. We, we need to self-reflect. We need that, those mindfulness moments. So, I mean, even if listeners right now, if they want to take a few minutes after this program and instead of diving right back into work, take a few minutes, take a few breaths and just think about, hey, how does this resonate? How does this feel for you? Um, we, we often don't self-reflect and that's, where a lot of growth through conflict can happen is when we self-reflect, ask ourselves those key points, 
those key questions. Um, ask, like you said, Ira, those what if questions, um, you know, the, those questions of, you know, what if, what if I could be done with this earlier than expected? Or what if my day goes longer than expected? You know, and, and just observe yourself. See how that feels for you. Um, that can really, really go a long way in terms of your self-awareness. And, and self-awareness will definitely lead to resilience through conflict. So um, that's definitely a takeaway that I, I hope, you know, to, that, that could help your, your listeners. And if people want more information, they are welcome to come to, go, uh, sorry, visit our website, which is HarmonyStrategies.com, HarmonyStrategies.com. They can also connect on LinkedIn. Um, we do have an Instagram, but I don't use it so often. It, it's, you know, Harmony Strategies. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm also happy personally to connect with people on LinkedIn. Uh, they can look me up, Kira Nurielli. I think there's only one of us on LinkedIn. Uh, if there are a few, then just look for the one that's affiliated with Harmony Strategies. And there you go. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's absolutely, Kira. Uh, well, again, just a, a great conversation and a, a really critical one uh, that that we need to have. And, you know, just for, for everyone else, I mean, this ties in so well. I mean, we've had people talk, um, um, uh, Carrie Goyette, uh, who just published a book on emotional intelligence, uh, you know, self-awareness. I, I, I get so many calls on a, on a regular basis about, you know, do you have a test for emotional intelligence? And I said the very first thing is is using something that, uh, helps people discover who they are and, you know, how they how they see the world and how do people see might see them differently. And they go, no, 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 we don't need that. We want, we want to test for emotional intelligence. Well, the first stage of emotional <laughs> well, intelligence is, I gotta say, is self-awareness. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to steal any thunder. But, I, you know, the the whole life work integration concept yeah. I have is legitimately, you know, trying to move people from this stressed filled mindset to becoming more self-aware about what it is that yeah. they want and, and becoming more. And when you do that, miraculously enough, your body will start to show you things that you didn't see there before. And that problem 100%. that you thought was unavoidable yeah. or, uh, you know, you couldn't get around it, 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 it could almost dissolve. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for bringing so. that up, Keith. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just amazing. Again, we, we keep talking about how to keep the human in HR and they go, you know, you need to listen. I better emotional intelligence, self-awareness need to slow down. What, you know, what, there's a lot of a big formula. There's not one magic bullet. And everybody goes, no, 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 that's not what I want to do. We just want to fix the problem. So uh, it's, it's complicated, <laughs> but there is there is a way to keep the human in HR and, and and preserve humanity and have more meaningful jobs and careers. So I thank you very much, uh, Kira. Uh, again, we our guest yeah, today was you. Kira Nurielli from uh, Harmony Strategies. Uh, great job. And hopefully you go up to her website. She's got a lot of a uh, couple different podcasts on other shows and a lot of good articles on the blog. Uh, so please pay attention to that. Um, I want to thank everyone again for, for listening to our show. We're always interested in hearing what's on your mind let us know how we're doing uh you can check with keith or me on linkedin or twitter um yeah like kira our instagram my instagram account is probably not as active as it could be uh, want to thank job fight and success performance solutions again for listening uh and don't forget to join us next week Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, w4cy.com, uh, or listen to our podcast uh, just about anywhere. There's a podcast platform. We are on it. Next week's guest, uh, we're going to have Val Grubb, from, uh, who's one of the keynote speakers at Workforce 2020, and uh, hopefully we're going to have a couple of the other keynote speakers as well. Uh, and until next week, don't let the shift hit your plans. Mm -hmm.